All right, so I have not done this in a long time, right? Between podcasts, name changes, and all that. I went from another podcast to what I now call Just Let Me Vet to something I just thought about naming for something, a new name. But we ain't talking about that right now. So um, on this particular podcast joint, I had my my man with me, my homie, my brother, my fellow brother in arms. What, what am I calling you today on this podcast, big dog? Yeah, you, you still calling me the same thing. It's still Trent. It's still that. You still, you still Trent, the audio engineer, Trent. That's this, my partner, my homeboy for 20 some years, Trent. Still the same. Yeah, still just still that. Yeah, no LS, no nothing. Cause, I know nothing because we shouldn't be talking about nothing crazy. Um, all right. So first of all, bro, what I didn't ask you on purpose because I want to ask you on this is like, first of all, happy belated birthday, even though I told you your birthday. And then secondly, how was your birthday? Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, my birthday, in, in a few words, out of all the birthdays that I had, this probably had to be the, the worst one. This had to be the worst one that I've ended up uh, dealing with for a long time. Um, this this was probably the worst birthday in my all our true and honest opinion just because of some some personal matters I, I, I really would not wish to discuss at the point, but some of the things that basically, you know, makes it horrible is just for one I had to renew my uh my registration for my car. So when I went to go and renew my registration for my car, basically that's when I ended up going up into uh, the tax collector's office here. Everywhere else, they probably call it the DMV. Um, the tax collector's office down here to renew it, and they were saying that um, my license was suspended. Oh. Yeah, so technically for the past couple of months, I basically was riding dirty. And thank goodness that I didn't get stopped by the police or anything like that because, you know, it could have went a whole lot worse from there. And, you know, when life becomes life, that's when, you know, things get real. But if I actually would have got stopped by the police, yeah, it just would have gotten a whole lot worse. And then with them letting me know that I got a suspended license and all this other stuff, it just would have, yeah, it would have made everything a whole lot worse. So on top of getting my license to be quote-unquote reinstated and paying for the registration, I had to pay for the registration and the um, the reinstatement, and I got to ride around um, with the notice in my car for 30 days that, you know, my license has been reinstated. So if I do, heaven forbid, get pulled over by the police and they end up running the information, they won't be trying to come back, trying to take my car or arrest me and then leave my car, you know, stuck on the side of the road somewhere because I'm riding with a suspended license. So that right there already had put me kind of like in a funk. Uh, secondly, you know, I couldn't really like hang out with the people that, you know, I wanted to hang out with. Uh, the only bright side of it was, you know, Seminoles won. Seminoles won that weekend. Uh, the Jaguars won. 
So that was like the only silver lining within my birthday week. Damn. Like all of a sudden, I feel bad I asked you that. <laughs> like, I, like I feel bad. I'm glad that you didn't get jammed up by the police, man, because you know how those interactions can, can go left real quick. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. You got it taken care of. But I, I feel kind of shitty if I ask you about your birthday now because of the way it went. But I mean, we get we did get the two wins though, bro. So you know, and all in the dark cloud, it was like a little beam of light. Both your teams won. That's something to be happy about. And you alive, you know, is that? <laughs> so, it's all the more reason because your next one is a big one, big dog. Yeah, man. Uh, the next one. Yeah, I still don't know how to feel about that one either. I, man, look, I, I I feel great about it because mine is like in two months. <laughs> my big dog birthday is like in two months, bro. And it's like, hey, listen, motherfucker, we made it <laughs> to an extent. And so, like, the way I'm looking at it is like, you know what? I made it. I might as well embrace it. You know, me being around people in my age bracket and younger all the time, it's like I get reminded about it constantly. Not so much now, but before. And now it's like a badge of honor, man. I'm looking forward to it so I can be completely washed the fuck up. So now I can, not only am I married and bald with kids, now I'm also 40 years old. <laughs> and I have a lot of old opinions. And I'm going to do stuff, like I said, looking for shoes and shit. I'm like, damn, I need a good chair. I just want somewhere to sit down and fall asleep at when I'm in the house, man. So I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, of it being a beautiful thing, it's 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 a beautiful thing if you have you know what I'm saying those accomplishments and those those check marks checked off. But at the same time, uh, for me, it's 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 beautiful, it's graceful, but it's scary. It's very scary for me because even with you know, and again, I'm not trying to make this a I'm not trying to make it like a very dim thing or a very grim thing, but just for what it is that I have and what it is that I'm faced with, that's the scary part for me. And just knowing the fact of, (laughs) oh my goodness, even within like regards of um, like relationships. I, 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 the whole fact of either being like, okay, do I just want to be like, forget it all, just stay single? Do I want to have a, do I want to have a pre-made family? All that stuff for me, these are other questions now that, that, that comes up and it, it, it scares the every living life out of me just because of the fact of, no, I don't want a pre-made family and I would like to be afforded the opportunity to make my own family someday but at the rate of how everything is going yeah that may not happen okay i see you on that i mean that's that's a good i got some good logic in that i can respect that i mean i can't tell you how to look at it but you know i just obviously our situations are a little bit different but at the end of the day i feel like the more you embrace it like the easier shit will come as far as coping with the actual number. Now, the things around that number, that I can't, I can't put nothing to that because the number is the only thing we really have in common. Other than being black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Being black and male. The numbers are the only thing we have in common. So, that's something that you're going to have to decide what you do with and all that. 
And whichever way I support you, man. So fatherhood is uh it's like it's the best, hardest thing you'll ever do. So whether it be like a pre made family or you know it's like it's organic to you or whoever you with, like it's it's the best and hardest thing you'll ever do. So be ready for because I'm not gonna say be careful what you wish for because it's great, but I'm just saying be ready for what come with what you're wishing for. If it if it happens if you happen to go about it that type of way, it is a challenge. It's hard as hell, harder than marriage. Yeah, I got a teenage girl right now, so <laughs> marriage is hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I take your word for it. Yeah, it's super hard. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch lanes though, cause like I won't bring the mood down. But I just I just had some questions, man. I I just wanted to talk to you, get some stuff off my chest. So. It ain't like I'm interviewing or shit like that. I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest and ask some questions, like, about have you have you been watching the news, you know, because, uh, I mean, more so the sports news and shit like that, because, you know, I I, um, I have to go back on my word about something I talked to you at home about, about certain things I didn't want to address or speak on or whatever or ask people questions about. I have to go back on that because something is bothering me. Um... But have you been tracking, like, I know you know about the Kanye West shit, yeah. but how, are you familiar with the situation with Kyrie Irving and all that stuff? Uh, What's going on with him? I, I, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was what, with with him uh, just speaking on and, and, and then just, like, breadcrumbing, I would say, breadcrumbing uh, the the documentary video for, uh, that that was was available on Amazon. About black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've been hearing a good amount of it here and there and, and whatnot. But even within that, and just with what it is that that it's talking about within the context of it all, honestly, I don't, I don't hear anything like anti-Semitic. I don't. I, I didn't hear anything anti-Semitic. I don't think it was anything anti-Semitic. And more so of what or why would y'all feel that gaining knowledge and and true understanding of who black people are finally getting onto the the the, the right track on really identifying black people for who they are. Why would it be looked upon or seem seemingly anti-Semitic? I mean, yeah, and the, and the thing, my thing was is like, I'm like most people, like I haven't watched the documentary at all. Um, one of the things about it, like as I think about it, talking to you now, it's like one of the things about it that kind of that kind of baffles me is like you promote it. Like, one of the things was, like, hey, why are you promoting this? And I'm, I'm going to get into what he said, like, later on, but they're like, why are you promoting this? And the thing for me is, is like, if if you feel like this man is promoting something that's anti-Semitic, right, or he has promoted something that's anti-Semitic, if I'm a member of the press, right, and I, or if I'm a, if I'm a member of that community, if I'm Jewish, right, and I'm a prominent Jewish person. It's like, 
because I looked into it and seen it like people with YouTube pages and all that. And some guy was talking about it, and him and Kanye. It's like you, you realize you kind of work against yourself on this. Like, if you say if you're a prominent Jewish person in the press or media, or whatever, and you think this is a mistake he made, and so you got connections. Like, I would hope that you would say, "Hey, somebody needs to get in his ear and let him know this." Because if you ask him that on the stage, like in a post-game interview like they did, in front of a bunch of people, if you're somebody that's offended by it, when you talk to him in front of cameras and other reporters, all you're doing is blowing that shit up more. So it's like if I, if I tell you, hey, Brooks, your rap music is offensive in a room full of other media people, all I'm going to do is blow up whatever song that was and going to send people traffic to it because you have the story. When you when you come to that press conference, whatever, as a reporter, and you ask that question that facilitates that response, you have the question that nobody else is asking or a few people are asking, but when you go and you ask that man that question, like, hey, are you concerned about the people you may have hurt? When he shared it to his page, a few people may have saw it, if it's like, say, a million people saw it, you got, say you got 16 million followers, right? And on that particular day, 7 million of his followers saw it. Okay, cool. When you go to that press conference, that 7 million is going to go to like 38 million. Because now, you as a member of the press have to stay relevant. You have to talk about this because this was the hottest subject in sports just about is this. So when you do it, when you, when you, when you talk to him about it, you further feed the monster that you said he said first. It's like he he if it's a monster, like he gave, hey man, you can have a piece of my sandwich. You can have a little corner of my sandwich. Now that you're talking about it, and this person's talking about it, and this talk now you got sandwich, chips, soda, cookie, all of, now you got a whole meal with the controversy that the press that the press, you know what I'm saying, they cook this shit up because bro shared it and went on with his day. Right? right, like most people, like, and I think he, I would say, like he, I understand his position as a man, and I respect him saying, like, I'm just a human like everybody else, and I agree with him. I agree with him to a point, but you don't have normal human influence. Your influence is way bigger than what maybe you would like it to be, even though you're talking to like a niche group of people, right? Potentially. It just kind of contradicts when you say, hey, I'm a human person. I'm just a human. But then you say you are a light. Because if you're a light, you're going to illuminate something. And then you're, you are kind of promoted, even if you didn't mean to on a mass scale. Right? So that's where, like, that's where it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, you're upset with this man for doing it, but you further promote it by talking about it instead of being like, hey, if you remember the press, and you really think he really fucked up and did something wrong, and you care about this person as an individual on a human level, how you want him to care about the people he potentially hurt, you get you get to his agent. Like, hey, bro, let your guy know that what he did could come off as X, Y, and Z. And then maybe y'all can have some type of private dialogue about it. And maybe he's like, damn, you know what? You know what? Yeah, I, I will take it down. So that if somebody else in the press catches him, Right, he says, "Hey, what about this documentary you share?" He, he said, "He could say, you know, it was brought to my attention that it may have hurt some people, 
and I've recently taken down the post. I got what I, I got. I thought I did something that was harmless. Somebody let me know it harmed them. And I said, you know what? I didn't know that made you feel that way. I'll take it down. I think if you come at a person like that, I think they're less likely to get defensive. And to keep it a bean, I do feel like he got defensive, but that's because of the way he's been treated by the media before. You can only poke a man so much, especially a man that's doing something that you can't do. You know what I mean? We criticize people who could do, as like fans of things, we criticize people that could do stuff we never dreamed of, harshly, partially because we know, we know for the most part, we'll never be in that position to get ridiculed. But for the people or the person who really thought that it was something that he did wrong and that it affected a lot of people negatively, I feel like there's got to be a way where you can get, if you, if you can get in that room and ask questions in the press conference, there's got to be a way where you can get to this man's agent or his management team to reach out to him directly so that you can let him know, like, hey, you might have just made a major fucking mistake. Instead of asking this man on the, on the world stage something that could um, potentially spiral out of control, like it seems to have. Like, there's another way to go about that. Like, is, is what I'm saying making, like, any sense to you at all, bro? Like, am I crazy for thinking like that? No, you're not crazy. But what it is that I also come to realize and, and understand within that, too, is he, he, he has a responsibility to own up or to take the accountability for what it is that he's done, which I see clearly beyond a shadow of a doubt he has done. But what other people also need to realize and understand is everything else falls on the the greater mass or the ears that, you know what I'm saying, it, it actually captured. You got one or two ways to deal with it from there on. You can actually find out the truth for yourself or you already have the, I guess, the, ba- the base knowledge and reasoning to basically stop it dead in its trap. I, I get that. So who's going to pick the former versus the latter? Who who is actually taking the responsibility or really doing the full due diligence to see just how I wouldn't want to say how credible everything is, but or, or to see just how much plausibility is within you know the documentary. What other what other things are there to back? And, and basically to show that it's lining up with what was put out. And if it is that, now the question would be, for a community of people, we'll, we'll just say it, for, for, for the black community itself, what would be the harm? What would be the, what would be the true harm within that? I heard a quote somewhere from... Um, I forgot where I heard the quote from, but basically it was, it it went along the lines of to be an African-American is being an African without the memory and to be American without the privilege. That's hard. That's a bar. That's a bar, bro. And, you know, when you start listening to, you know, 
people who have actually came and, and still were just fighting for civil rights for, for, for we just call it for what it is civil rights for, for black people because contrary to popular opinion and contrary to belief it's still a lot of things that black folks are still fighting for to this very day something as simple as yeah, something, something as simple as you know living in their own house has gotten someone killed and it's it, it should be getting to, to, to black people as a, as a whole now more than anything, you know. Understanding, yes, there's a lot of evil in the world, but why is it only particularly happening to them? If it was somebody else who was doing the things that they were doing, it wouldn't affect them as much. You know what I mean? Like, and it was something I was watching earlier too. I think it was uh, uh, something on Sports Center with uh, Shannon Sharp. And basically, he he had a point with what it was that he was saying. You know, you've seen many and plenty of people who say spew things as worse than what they may think. What it was that Kyrie Irving has done. You, y'all, y'all didn't cancel them. Y'all didn't chastise them to 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 the point. Yeah, that's not. You know, so so really, what's what's the difference? What's what's the real difference? I I think the real difference, bro, is the who and the what. Because because that's that's why I haven't really got all the way into it. Because it's, it's a deeper conversation. This I think not not to say that you're not getting it, but it's the who and the what. It's the who was spoke about and what just transpired like a week or two before that. You get what I'm saying? So it's like people have, black people have been openly critical of white people as far as the treatment of black people or saying things about black people. Asians have done it. Hispanics have done it. Other white people have done it. Okay, we recognize the history. We know bad things happen. We know that some things that are written in history or some things are omitted from the teachings in schools. We know that, right? That happens all the time. And it gets left alone. Nobody says anything when people, when people, when people make mention of that, because it's understood, like based on history, like yeah, this is fucked up. You, there's nothing you can say to that. It's like it's documented. Now they say, hey, these statues are fucked up, and they tear the statues down. It's like okay, because these motherfuckers are racist, and then everybody just agrees, like yeah, that was racist ideology, and we need to do away with that in order to move forward. Let's get rid of that. Right? It's the who and the what now. It's a different community. It's a whole different community. Like you make the you, you make an argument right now. Right now, what he did was share a documentary. I have not seen the documentary. I damn sure went and looked it up 
And because of the price, I was like, I don't know if I want to, if this is something that's not, I don't know if I want to get into this. Like $11 for three hours, I don't know if I got that type of time on my hand. But he had the time and the money. It's 11 bucks just to rent. Like, I got to feed the family. I ain't got Kyrie money. Now, could I spend it on that? Yeah, but is it worth it that much time for me and that much money? I don't know. Right? And it's not, I can't justify the entire documentary. It's just that who will the documentary hit? He's coming off the hills of Kanye West or Ye, however you want to put it, of him saying things about the Jewish community that riled a lot of people up. So then when he shares this, not attaching himself in any way because he is of that black Hebrew Israelite ilk. That's something that that's something that he he's already on. Kyrie, he's already on that. So which is him being him. It just happened to ping right off of that Kanye mess that just happened and they got swirled up. Because now you're looking for it. Because now that now that word of being labeled being labeled like an anti Semite, that now connects you to Farrakhan who's also been labeled as such, then it also connects you to white supremacist group. Because the one thing that they synced on is the one point that Kyrie Irving made. He was like, if I, if I say nigger, nigger, nigger on Twitter, nobody's going to say anything. It's not, it's not going to pink. It's the who he hit when he tweeted that out. And it's going to put it on Instagram or whatever because that that's like a coveted, you know, that, that whole, the religion as a whole and that, that Holocaust monster that happened is like, it's a real thing. But when those people get tagged, it's like, hey, listen, when you say this, because people have gone out and done things to these people, now there's a chance that somebody may do something to somebody Jewish. Somebody may act, somebody may act in an anti-Semitic action towards Jewish people because now you've riled them up. That's the story that's being thrown out there. Yeah. And that's why I was like, well, it doesn't make sense to me that Okay, you mad at this man, he shared a documentary, and then when the reporter asked about it and blew the story up, and multiple people in the press asked about it, and multiple sports commentators talked about it and blew it up further, right? Nobody's holding them accountable. Nobody, every last one of them said, people were saying the documentary, they're saying his name, so you just got to go to his page and check the page to see the link to the documentary to go to it. You're just, they're just amping it up, amping it up, amping it up. So now it looks like he's like, oh, yeah, like I'm done with, I don't deal with these people. It's that in the third. Like if you, you know what I'm saying? And then the thing is, like, if you just look at the title, Hebrews to Negroes, it's like, I don't even understand if you just see the title and get mad. That's what I don't get. I don't, because, bro, you know, my understanding of religion is limited, right? Because right. it's just not my thing. I respect it, but it's not my thing. But, like, if the Jews left Africa to go to Israel, I'm trying to understand what a disconnect is. I'm trying to, like, it doesn't make, am am I tripping? Like, they were African. (laughs) They left, they left there to go to Israel. Like, are we just, is our mind twisted by, like, the movie that came out? Are we just not paying attention to history? Like, I don't know, like, who they think was there other than black people? I honestly think I, I seriously and truly do think that, in in my honest opinion, I, I really think that it's all of the above, because with the little knowledge that I do have within it, and and what what we do know is 
and we can we can thank science for this. But the black woman is the only woman to hold the Eve mitochondria. And for those who who, who are familiar within that, basically the Eve mitochondria is this gene. This gene that basically can give birth to many different what most would consider a race or a different type of of offspring. Cause you know two two black kids or uh, two black people can end up birthing an albino child. We know that. Mm-hmm. We know if it's somebody who is African-American or black, if it's with any other race, we already know that most of the time, the offspring will come out with a lot more uh, features of, of, of those who are black. We also know that... Most people within the Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern Asia, Africa, basically, those who are there, they seen them as black. We also know, for the most part, that white or Caucasians basically is a form of gen- uh, genetic mutation. Basically, the whole adapt and overcome, especially with them and the, uh, the the Caucasus Mountains, and so on and so forth. So, with with us having a general basis and an understanding of that, I would think that it, it's more so on the fact of they are being more up in arms now because it's a lot of more. Pe- it's it's a lot more who are actually trying to get more closer to finding the truth for themselves because when no one is paying attention to it or or anything of that matter no one seems to care but the minute that I'll put it I'll spin it this way have you ever done anything when you was younger to where you know that you will get into a whole lot of trouble. So one of the main things that you do is to divert or keep them away from something to where they'll be able to find out the truth of something else. Because should they find out, it's a bigger problem on your hands. And I'm beginning to see and link everything into that manner, into that fashion. Um, no one wants to. No one. No one wants to talk about like the critical race theory. Reason being, because if we end up telling them the whole truth that you know America was founded on lies, slavery, and and basically stealing from people that they had no reason to steal from them knowing the truth obviously it's going to get those who were lied to 
mad because they were lied to. No one likes being lied to. So, so how are you going to do that? Okay, we're going to pacify the situation by not trying to bring it up. Or we're just going to we're just going to try and find other ways to soften the the actual real take of it. I think I feel like there's like you know as a community we gonna put the sledgehammer to the hand before you get to speaking too loud or letting the other hands know we gonna hit you with the sledgehammer so that you shut up and like looking at looking at his interview. What like all the interviews is like they were he would answer the question and it's like they just wanted to keep saying anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. He would just ask he said he asked them, Hey, be clear about your question, whatever. They asked the question, he gives a response is like anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. Nobody's paying attention to the fact that he said, Hey, I had a lot of time to read, I had a lot of time to study. He's like, nobody's paying attention. To, to what he's saying that's what really really bothered me like other than the other shit I'm gonna get into you know like that that like really bothered me and then the stipulations they put out for this man like it's one thing that hey you were irresponsible we gonna punish you on the team level right but then to publicize this and devalue this man in the public eye as a as a multi-billion dollar company like the NBA the Brooklyn Nets combined like hey listen we feel like this individual is no longer is is right now not fit to be a part of this organization because he didn't bend, he didn't just he didn't just sit there and just take what people were saying about him and just be like okay it's like he decided to be a man about it and be like no I felt this way because X Y Z when I put the video out I just put it out it was it was what it was I was talking to a very select group of people. My people who know what I'm talking about know what is what's in there. That's what it was. If you call him anti-Semitic, he's not going to sit there and say he was anti-Semitic because he doesn't believe he was doing anything anti-Semitic. And then he says, I can't be anti-Semitic because I know my history. He's, he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you something, but you want to, you don't want to ask him, okay, well, well, what is your history? Because a part of me feels like, that would be the next follow-up question. If you really want to get into the meat and potatoes of it, it'd be like, okay, well then you're smart. What is your history? No, the next question is, well, do you feel bad about the families you the, the families you hurt with a result with as a result of things you said that been, that can be perceived as anti-Semitic? They just want to keep throwing the anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic out there and don't want to get into the root of what he's saying and the why of what he's saying because of the who it's going to affect. Right. Because once you once you say that and you uncover that and people start sharing, like it's already happening. People say, hey man, just so you guys know, if you guys think Kyrie was stupid, like Shaq pissed me off, Charles Barkley pissed me off, Shannon Sharp pissed me off, fucking Skip Bates pissed me off. Everybody that came out and said this man was fucking LeBron James pissed me off. Everybody that came out there and said that this man shouldn't have, he was wrong, this and the third is like, now it's like, before they even say that, before they even say, you know, I stand, I stand with bro. Like, I know this man. I know what's in his heart. I know he would not do something that he would feel would affect other people. And also I am, so I know 
That's not what he intended. He intended. I am not this. I am not anti-Semitic. Everybody to start with like, well, I just want to say first off, I'm in no way I don't support anything that's anti-Semitic. Yeah, that's cool and all. But first, if that's your man, right? If that's your man, say that. But hey, that's my man. Like I know he wouldn't do no shit like that. That's not the way he's on. You have to look at what he's actually saying. He, we can yes, we can call him wrong for posting the video. If they said if, if, if inside that video had anything that was anti was actually anti-Semitic and not things that just and not things in there that like aggravated the established Jewish status quo. Because I think that's two different things. If it's that if it challenges the status quo, what we are led to believe as people, because it benefits people that that we can that we visualize as Jewish, when we when we picture a Jewish person in our head, and that we think are Jewish but don't know the rest of the people that fall up underneath that banner. If if you say that, if you say hey, like. I don't think he agrees with everything that's in there. Like, if there's something negative, yeah, he was wrong for that. If there's something negative at attacking Jewish people and attacking the community, yeah, then I think he was wrong for that. You got to be more careful what you said, but that's still my man. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna step away from him now and and say anything negative about him. I'm like, yo, that's my man. If anything, he made a mistake. I know he would never go out on a limb to purposely hurt other people like that. He's gonna be strong in his opinion, but I know this man. I know that this person, that's like somebody saying that you said some wild shit. And I'd be like, I, I've known this man for over 20 years. There's no way in hell I'm going to sit there and say like, oh, yeah, he's a fuck up. And, oh, by the way, I don't just like these people. He shouldn't have said that. Da, 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 da. If anything, I'd be like, yeah, he made a mistake. He fucked up. But I know that he's not that type of person. So I'm going to reach out to him and kind of see what's, and see what's what. I don't care who's not fucking with me. It's like, I don't care about none of y'all. Like, I actually know this person. You can think what you want to think, but you know what I'm saying? Like, especially if I'm like LeBron James, my track record speaks for itself. Like, y'all know all I do is reach out and support people and do whatever. It's like I'm, I haven't really had an issue in the public eye. And I don't know if that's because he's been protected or just because that's how he lives his life. But I feel like, I feel like a lot of people turn his back, turn their backs on him. And that just shows you how powerful the ADL and Anti-Defamation League is. They have a history of going after people. And I, I will say some some people probably deserve it. I don't, I couldn't pinpoint like who, but I know that they've been the powerful force for a long time. Anytime anybody get close to say something negative about the Jewish heritage, the Anti-Defamation League is on their ass. And they got resources. Yep. How else can you turn down $500,000 from an NBA athlete? And the Brooklyn Nets were so-called going to match his man. Oh, yeah. And then they, they oh, he had to, he, this is the shit that really pissed me off. He has to donate $500,000 to anti-hate, to anti-hate groups or anti-hate whatever the fuck. And, and we're going to match him. And he has to go meet with all these motherfucking people, right? But if LeBron plays a rap song, that has violent lyrics, he don't have to donate no motherfucking five hundred thousand dollars to nobody. If he stands if he stands next to a rapper that has lyrics about selling dope and shooting motherfuckers, he ain't gotta donate no money to nobody. He don't gotta go meet with no black leaders, the Congressional Black Caucus, the NAACP, the Black Pastors of America. He don't gotta go meet with motherfucking Dr. Cornell West, uh Dr. Umar, he don't gotta go meet with uh, Louis Farrakhan, he don't have to meet with Killer Mike. He don't have to do shit. 
he can play that music all the fuck he wants. Because why? It's not affecting a group of people that are gonna that are gonna that have enough control to shut shit down. It's not affecting people that other groups care about. It's the status quo for shit that happened to us and be fucked up and be wrong. It don't affect them, so they don't give a fuck. As long as it's us, as long as it's negative and it's us, nobody fucking cares. And, and that that would also bring me to my other point for what it was that I was uh, going to say when it came to them asking him those questions and basically just saying that when he does give a full and well thought out response, the only thing that it screamed to me was deflect and distract. Deflect and distract. The more that they end up doing that, it's a distraction and it's not really having people to really focus on what it is that he is actually saying. And it's also taking away from people really doing, you know, their due diligence into looking more into stuff like that. And even within all of that and and them being or feeling protected about it and would be the first to try and resort to the Holocaust, yes, I feel bad that a Holocaust has happened. But guess what? 400 years later, 400 and some odd years later, there's still a Holocaust going on, and it's of people who no one really cares about. It's either no one really cares about it, or no one wants to let them know exactly who they are. And just like how you were saying, uh, one of the news reporters could have asked him, you know, about the history, about his history, and um, knowing the knowledge of what was it that he actually had learned. It kind of reminds me of um, the scene within Black Panther when they, when, when, Chil- when Killmonger made it into Wakanda and basically was just telling everyone everything, certain things that they needed to know within Wakanda, within Wakanda, and letting them know, hey, you know, T'Challa may be the king, but there wasn't anybody who really gave him a real fair shot on him being the king. And and they're looking at him like, well, who the, who the hell is he? How do you know about this? Well, who are you? And no one asked that question, and he ended up basically was baiting them into baiting them into asking who is he to where sure he just read off his whole history or just a small portion for what it is that she knew and Killmonger was like no ask me who I am no one wanted to ask who he was so he spoke in their language who am I ask me who I am to where someone finally got the nerve to, to, to ask. And he told them back in their tongue. He is the son of 
T'Challa's uncle. To, mm-hmm. where, to where they were like, no, that that that's a lie. That can't be. This that can't be. He started pulling out receipts <laughs> on mm-hmm. on exactly who he was. From there, it was no denying it. And then killed and and then killed the whole thing afterwards by talking to the queen and said those two famous funny lines within that scene. Hey, auntie. For real. So this this man, and and that's what that's what killed me about is like the the deflection to try to paint this man as this monster. Like he's saying, I can't be anti-Semitic because I know my history. He said I took a lot of time to read. And he even brought up the whole line, like, if you want to hide something from black people, put it in the book. And, I mean, he's still right about that. And he was like, I took the time to learn and figure out what words mean. And now you got people all over the internet, like, yeah, if you go look at what the actual word, breaking down, like, the the word Semite and what it means and who's actually con- considered a Semite. And then you got, well, yeah, it comes from these people over here. And this big now, like, yeah, that's Africa. It's <laughs> You know, the uh, sentence of Shem, and then you got somebody in there, and then you go talk about the Ashkenazi Jews, the German Jews, and you got these are two different things. So, if this man believes he's a, a black Hebrew Israelite, and he's saying that, hey, you should look into this, I'm trying to figure out how, when we know, I guess, for the Bible, the Jews left Egypt. To go to Israel, I'm like, how are these people not African? Like, how was this? Like, how was this? How was how this, this? Is that? How are people missing out on that? How has that not even been part of the conversation? People are just missing and glossing over this because it's like, hey, the anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. When he's telling you, like, no, I went and I, I did the research, and then he's telling you, like, hey. What about X, Y, and Z? And then that's when the, the Kanye West tie-in goes, because it's like, they're saying the same thing. You mean to tell me that we can die every day behind street shit, and street shit can be put in music, and people can get paid off of that music? And then that that's fine. That's okay. But at the mention of me saying that, hey, Hebrews were originally black people, that is, now we're hijacking the whole religion. Now we're saying that these other people aren't Jews. Now we're trying to take something over. Now, and you know what I mean? It's like, what am I actually saying? What What am I actually saying? What am I actually? What am I actually saying? Even when, even though Kanye West has appeared to have lost his mind for like a long time, when he go up, when he went up there and he did those interviews and he said that thing about the record companies and the contracts being fucked up and now. Uh, you get all these people that are that are dying, or they're broke, or they made all this money for these record labels, and then their fucking family starving, and then rappers basically get treated like fucking NFL running backs. So when you get there, you're good for a few years, and they kick your ass out, and you back on the street with no real skills, hustling and shit. He didn't lie. I don't agree with a lot of shit that that man has done, but he he didn't lie. It's one thing to dislike a person. But you can't, you can't just decide to dislike the truth because you dislike the person. Especially when you you know it, you know it. Like, hey, as a as a young man, when I was pretending like I wanted to be a rapper, 
we just talked about this the other day. The lines in the music, at least on my part, were violent. Because that's what I know to do. For the most part. Like, yeah, like I, I like Common. I like Saba. I like the music you make. I like Mick Jenkins. I like Currency. I like all these big crit. I like all these people that don't make, you know, for real violent music like that. That aren't telling you to go out there to sell a bunch of dope and, and beat up people and, and shoot motherfuckers and all this shit. I like all these people that make this type of music. But right now and for the past 20 years, in order for you to get onto like a major level, a major record label, you pretty much got to be talking about Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, things that made it strong. Like, you got to talk about a Friday, Saturday night. You got to talk about having all the money, showing all the money, being out with the homies and shit, going partying, fucking a bunch of girls, having guns, and how much, and how you're a shooting nigga. That's, that's the market. And that's why I put that, that, that shit out on Facebook the other day. like, because I was thinking that, and then I happened to see a clip of somebody saying the exact shit I was thinking about. And I'm like, there's no way I'm fucking crazy. There's no way I'm crazy when I was born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, and the 2000s. And it's like, I know that rap music used to be different. That niggas used to walk around in leather and medallion. And yeah, you had a few people that made like gangster rap that came from LA. Like, you know what I'm saying? You had a few people that made gangster rap. Even a couple guys from the East Coast that made gangster rap. But the majority of the rap was like fucking Afrocentric and shit. And then you had some party stuff, but you had bass music and shit like that. At some point, when the record labels and the radio stations, when whatever, when people started investing in their rap music, and then almost radio stations came together under those conglomerates and all that shit, the business model for rap, with you know, with the with trap music becoming popularized, like hey, if it don't have trap elements, it's not going to sell because now you have to appeal to people that aren't black. I don't feel like the average white person gives a fuck about black love or about how we need to better the black community or how Thomas from the West Side of Chicago, he ain't with all that violence, so he's trying to make music. Right? It's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like the average white person wants to hear that. Now, you talk about if you want to play future, a young nigga move that dope, right? And everybody can identify with a young black man selling dope and being in the street. Everybody, all white, all the walks of life, can deal with a black, a young black dude being in the being in the hood, you know, selling dope to make money because that image of the young black person is acceptable to everybody because that's the image that has been marketed to America and the rest of the world. It's perfectly fine to say that a young black man, yeah, get out there and move that dope, and it's a black man making this song to sell the black people to promote the act of selling dope to probably more than likely your own people and somewhere at some point somebody's getting paid for that other than him and the person that owns the independent label there's going to be somebody that runs that distribution label and none of that is us so I'm trying to figure out where the lie is uh... you get what I'm saying because we don't we don't control the market as far as who gets the money for promo. Am I making you closer to it than me? Am I making sense? 
you're, you're making sense. Um, when you ended up bringing all that up too, it was um, it was an interview that David Banner was doing, and um, basically David Banner brought up an analogy, but it was a it was a great analogy, I and mean, he was like. Let's say you had this computer, right? You have a computer. The, the computer is, is great. It's running fast. It, it's, it's doing everything that it's supposed to do. And are, let me back it up. You build a computer. The computer is it's fast processing. It's doing everything that it's supposed to do. And you are the person who ended up building the computer and is doing everything right and what it's supposed to do. And, and overall, it's a great computer. So, do you give the credit to the computer or to the person who created the computer? Without a doubt, if you have sense, most people would say you give, you give the uh, credit to the one who created the computer. And he was like, okay. So, now let's say, again, I'm the same person who made this computer. I introduce a virus to the computer. Now the computer is is acting ill. It's defunct. Everything that you could think of bad for the computer, it's it. That's what the computer is doing now. Who do you get a Who do you get the credit to? The 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 computer itself or the program? That's basically that's basically the same thing. Now, I will say this too. Within that, adding adding to within that argument as well, everything is true indeed a learned behavior. But I also think for those who understand about learned behaviors and what it is that can come from environments, I honestly think that people who know the good that can come from like being within bad environments and actually have been to the depths of almost a point of no return but is now trying to redeem themselves and doing right which some rappers I, I, I get it and, and understand that's what it is that they're trying to do but I also would challenge them to make something a bit more positive and not as to actually have to have that duality to have that balance and to really put more effort into making sure that that balance it's 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 there it's more present but people, what, that's what i'm saying yeah we're saying the same thing some people but what i'm saying is some people don't have that balance too yeah. they don't know that shit exists like we all know it's like it's people that like you could talk to and some people is like, you know what? That ain't all that hood shit is not my thing. They don't even want to hear it, right? That's something I strive to be, for real. 
And then there's certain people on the other side, like, man, like when you hear that black love bullshit, that's going to disparage the music that's more on the conscious side. And then there's where I think where most people are, they're like in between. But there's people like that in like their life. Like they don't want, like they just do hood shit because for the sake of doing hood shit, that's their comfort zone. They don't care about nothing else. And if that's the person that's making music, because they, they already in it. They already in it. That's their environment. And they already in that shit and they can't see past. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, bro, do you realize that that, a lot of that music, that's extreme, bro. He was like, how was it extreme? I'm like, that's the extreme side of life. There's not a bunch of dudes that you know right now that are selling a high level of drugs. They got all this money, all these cars, all these guns, all these hoes. They not in jail. None of that shit. It's going to be like an extreme that's, that's, that's a life on the extreme spectrum, bro. Most people don't live like that. That lifestyle that they talking about in the music videos and their songs and all this shit, that shit is not relevant to most black people. It's not. It, it 100% isn't. It's like, that's like assuming that all, like, hey, all white people know what it is to be super rich. No, some of them motherfuckers is poor just like us. Some of them motherfuckers are middle class just like us. Every agent is not good at motherfucking math. Like, it's it's not, it's a stereotype that we have begun to believe and accept and try to embrace. It's like, that lifestyle and that music is not everybody. Even if you go to the ghetto, even if you go to the hood, you got people that live in the hood and you got people that are trying to stay in the hood. And then you got the criminals that live in the hood. You, you did what I'm saying? It's like, just because somebody's in the hood or somebody grew up with low income doesn't mean they're a part of this extreme gangster lifestyle. It's, it's a falsehood. It's not true. People have conflict. People fight. All races do it. This ultra, super duper gun shit, drug shit, super duper, I got all the girl shit. It's, it's a fantasy, bro. For 90, I say for 99% of people, it's a fantasy. Now, you got people out there perpetrating this lifestyle faking like they live this lifestyle and that leads to like a lot of low level bullshit and killings because motherfuckers aspire to be like this but they're chasing a dream that's not real it's like everybody that pick up a basketball is not going to the NBA everybody that puts on pass is not going to the league brother it's, it's, it's not real it's the slimmest of the slimmest that can even survive that type of lifestyle in the streets let alone to being a high-profile musician touring the world, making lots of money with all this audio evidence you got from people to just come arrest you with. Like, it's not real. But when you have that become the business, the successful business model to be a part of rap music, like, that's what these kids go out and mimic. We saw that shit with World Star Hip Hop. You get on, when you used to go on World Star, when I used to go on World Star, I speak for myself, you go through World Star, you look at, okay, who's, you go to look for, like, what's, what's a music video I probably haven't seen? Let me click on what looks interesting. Like, 98% of that shit was, like, some half-cock fake doughboy rap, doughboy rap that somebody's going to try to use to get on. Not to say that these people weren't really in the streets. I'm pretty sure some of them weren't. But in order for you to put that on the Internet, nobody's putting that shit on the Internet to stay there. If anybody's putting that shit on the internet, it's for it's a marketing tool so that you can go from the from local to like the minor leagues and hopefully get picked up in the pros. 
that's all that shit was. Like I used to call Warsaw Hip Hop the the ignorant superhighway. Because a lot of the stuff that you would see there is nothing that's going to do anybody any good like in real life unless, unless you're trying to use that type of music to market yourself to get on. That's it. Unless like a mixtape artist drops some shit on there because they were already on they were just trying to put music videos out. Like if Currency, he might, because he's underground for the most part, he'll throw a video up on Star because just for people to get the visual, you know what I mean, or the music video he did. But he's already on. He already has his audience. He's already touring, doing stuff like that, right? So a lot of that stuff is like, that was the breeding ground. That's what you get on the internet, you click. You know what I'm saying? These kids growing up, after we left high school, really, they didn't really have music videos like that. Like after TRL and all that, in uh, 106 and Park, after that, they didn't really have music videos on TV. They had that shit on their phone, and it's 24-7. So they constantly looking at that, and that, at this time frame, you got dope boy rap getting popular and trap music and all that becoming real popular. So that becomes the, the baseline. This is the formula to get a record deal. So, of course, now you got average niggas who live in middle class homes and shit who never had to do nothing involved with the streets. Now they want to sell drugs because it's not the thing to do because you need to do it. It's the thing to do so that you can be popular. And then motherfuckers starting to rap on top of that. And some people hit. That's just what it is, bro. And then you got years later, you got you got it to the point where people can record in their room. Like you got teenagers that can record, they can make beats and do all type of shit in their room. I know because we was doing this shit. You know what I mean? Like y'all were people going on fucking PlayStation Two making beats on Music Generator, Fruity Loops, keyboards, all type of shit, and just going there and rapping and then submitting this shit or pushing it wherever it goes, like. Now they would do, you know, SoundCloud or whatever streaming, DSP, whatever you want to call it, whatever platform they can put their stuff on, they would, they'll do it like that and they push it on now because now they got the formula. Just like how now it's like you got to have some type of vocal skill for real to get on unless you got on from the last way. So it's like... I don't think it would be so much a vocal skill because... Mm. That that right there would be a, uh, another topic for another discussion. But yeah, I mean, with ability, like it's, there's not many people that can get on that can't at least get on and get their way to like where they can harmonize with like the help of, of iTunes. Like I feel like you got a lot less people rapping like Juice World. Um, if Juice World isn't successful being a Juice World, okay. that makes sense. Where like you got. You got him, you got Uzi Vert, you know what I mean? They got like a, they got like a little, even uh, young boy, even he got like a little harmony to what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like a little, so like all of the big rappers for the most part that came after the last wave of extra, extra three street guys, they got like a little to where they can do a little bit of something with their voice and uh, people tend to like it. For lack of a better word, okay. Okay. if that's making sense, I think the last person to pop for it that wasn't really on that was probably Twenty One or Bobby Smurda. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was now. But Twenty One still, he's still doing his thing. He's still doing his thing. Bobby was. Uh, Bobby Smurda is is getting back into the groove. But yeah. Oh yeah, for you, sure. You you. You're right within you're right within that 
in, in that aspect of it. Yeah, it's 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 more so the fact of it's more so the fact of with everything being easily accessible now, there is no actual real deal gatekeeping, so to speak, of rap or hip hop, which there should also be more of. Like it's, it's some people who are just giving passes left and right for certain things and thinking that that's what it is and, and that's what it that it, it's 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 cool or whatever the case may be and it's not really that. I mean I, I disagree because if that's what's getting people signed I, I won't say I disagree. It depends I'll say it depends on what their goal is. If their goal is to get signed to a major, whatever's going on right now for them, that is the thing, you know, to quote, you know, that is the thing to do because that's what's getting people in the marketing dollars and the distribution. Yeah. Because right? if it was, let's let's keep let's keep it a buck. Like you, if it's purely off talent, right, and skill set, and not just off the fact that these young cats, a lot of them are willing to grind, and the fact that the sound is so. It's, it's such it's so formulaic, you know what I mean? The fact that the sound is so formulaic, if you can fit in there, there's a chance where you can get some there's a chance where you can you can break through a little bit if you can run it up on YouTube or whatever. Right. Or whether it's TikTok or whatever. If that wasn't the case, somebody like you would have a better chance of making it. Major, right? On a major. I think you got the talent and the skill and the dedication. Right now, what you don't have on your side is what the sound is. Depending on what your target is. If your target is to be on the radio right now, the sound you got, you're going to have less of a chance. And that's coming from somebody who loves your music. Because I know you're working off a, a formula. You are artist, bro. I've known you most, like most of my life. From down to your handwriting, to the way you draw, to how you want to write your lyrics, to how you want to make your beats. You're an artist. Some of these kids are just motherfuckers trying to be famous and make money. I'm not upset with them. I'm just saying, like, that's just what it is. Yeah, fame is a horrible, uh, fame, fame itself is a horrible drug. I, I definitely would say that. Fame itself is a horrible drug. Uh, that'll be number one. Number two would be for those who are doing that too. And as unfortunate as this may sound, but it's also my truth as well, for the time being, Time is more so on their side than it is for mine. True indeed, good music does not have an expiration date. But at the same time, too, with me being up there within age, they have more time than I do. Like, if, if I'm... And I'm not saying that I don't, but the reality of it is, you know what I'm saying, I have more financial obligations 
and responsibilities that I have to take care of versus somebody who's 16, 17, 18 years old where the only thing they're doing is just focusing on school if he's thinking about trying to finish school. That, they, they have more of a time advantage than what I do because unfortunately, yeah, because unfortunately, two-thirds of my day is at work. Yeah, I feel you. I understand. And I was almost misunderstood what you said time. Because I was thinking you talking about as far as the music. I was like, they got shit got less time than you. But musically, I feel like they got less time than you. Yeah. Unless they plan on developing. Because like I can play that PCH cruise to me was made years ago. Right? Yep. I could still listen to it just fine. 2015, 20, no, 20, yeah, 2015, 2015, oh, so like, that was what, seven years ago, give, give or take, seven years ago? Still, and I ain't heard the song here, still sound just fine, in my head, still sound just fine, right, the stuff they making right now, one, you gotta worry about getting killed now, right, if you popular, for real, depending, because it's like, I don't know of any peaceful rappers that are, like the last peaceful rapper, for the most part, that I heard of was, that got killed, well, unfortunately, it was takeoff, man. He rest in peace. Even though, you know, Migos is rapping about what they was rapping about. But, like, for people who had interacted with him, they always said he was, like, he was so cool and was just, like, never on no bullshit. He just wanted to rap. You know what I mean? And do his thing. Right? Content-wise, it's a little different. But the, but the younger guys, it's like, their content is, a lot of the time, it is violent. It is confrontational. Like, people in the community got, in the black community that pay attention to rap music, right? They got mad at a dude for renouncing his gang membership after his home, when he watched his homeboy get killed. And he was like, I'm done with this shit. I'm through with this shit. I don't, I don't want no part. No, nah, I don't want to deal with that. That's out. And I'm like, I'm looking at it like, they really mad at the boy Quando Ronda because his, his man's got murdered. He's like, nah, man, this ain't it. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how, like, I was, I was so bothered by that. I'm like, this man, they been through a lot. A person who was on a come up, Kayvon got killed because him because he attacked this man and one of this man's homies reacted. And then King Von unfortunately ended up passing away. So then this guy, who's the victim of something that got somebody else killed, is now a person whose best friend, a homeboy got killed. And now he's like he's realizing like it took that for him to be like, I'm done with this shit. I much rather hear him say, Hey, I'm done with this gang shit. That shit over with then him get on the song and say what well, he's gonna go do to somebody else. But people was like, nah, nah, you can't drop your you can't drop your flag or whatever. It's like the third. I understand like his game politics is game politics, but it's like at some point, it's like even the OGs gotta get tired of that shit. Like I would assume like like I couldn't imagine being somebody my age still actively involved in that. Right. 
and at our point, I don't think you want to. No, I mean no. Like I didn't. Like obviously, I didn't come up with it. I didn't. That's why I'm saying I, I'm not gonna. It for one, it it um, at a point I was infatuated. It's still like super interesting to me. Like trying to understand. Like I understand the aspect of like protecting your own and wanting to have that camaraderie and the same and third. I get all that, but at some point, it's like I would. At what point did you become selfish? Like right now, I'm a person with a family, and everything is about them. So it's like. At the age I'm at, it's like I just can't see it because it's not my lifestyle. And then at that point, I'm thinking if I'm a person that's grown up in that for real, for real, and I've, I'm I'm going to go out on the limb and say you've seen a lot of death. It's like I would think that they would be understanding. Of like, yeah, I understand why you you're not cut from that cloth. Walk away from it, bro. Like, just walk away. Just walk away. Now, I don't necessarily know if that means he's not going to try to retaliate against the person who did something to him, to his friend. I don't know if that means that. I just know he's saying he don't want to represent X, Y, Z no more. So it's just, it's a bunch of stuff. But then if you listen to the music, this is normal. And guess what? The people at the very top of the music industry still win. So guess what? Kanye West still didn't lie. Kyrie Irving still didn't lie. Hey. These things are happening in our community. You don't fucking care. I shared a documentary where somebody inside the documentary said something wrong. Not even me. Not even me. Allegedly, I haven't seen it. Not even me. Now, now I'm a problem, and now I can't go to my job, and now my job is telling me I have to donate half a million dollars when people in my community die every day due to violence. Nobody's asking me to go back to the neighborhood or the city I came from when people there get killed. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are not even saying, hey, we saw you listening to this music. There's people in Brooklyn getting killed. Are you not doing nothing about it? We as the Brooklyn Nets are going to donate $500,000 to whatever cause in Brooklyn. Nothing. And if they did, they're not making a headline, but instead they published a whole list of things this man has to do because of a documentary he shared. Because the group said this is anti-Semitic. A group that wasn't even tracking on it, I guess at the time that he actually tweeted the shit, somebody went through it and said, hey, this is this, and then it blew up from there. But all it would have took is for like, if you get an inkling of that, no matter what's stirring up in the media, if it's stirring up and nobody's asking about it yet, if you really, really fucking cared about the situation, and if you really felt like what he did was doing harm, you reach out to somebody in the organization. And if they find him internally, cool, it's handled internally. They talk to him internally. You don't blow it up so that more people go and figure out what it is, and then you multiply the problem, and now you got more people being hurt. So the fact that somebody said, oh, this is this is hurting Jewish community, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. You wanted the story. The media tried to embarrass this man. The organ, His organization tried to embarrass this man. The Anti-Defamation League tried to embarrass this man. And until the NBA commissioner sat down with him, they tried to embarrass this man as well. And then the commissioner sits down with him and says, I have no doubt in my mind that Kyrie Irving is not anti-Semitic. After meeting with him and talking with him. Well, 
Now y'all look fucking crazy. As a whole. Because the whole NBA shit on this, man. And now, okay, nah. Because this person of whatever background he is says, oh, no, he's not anti-Semitic. Now it's all supposed to stop. And y'all didn't embarrass this man and drug his name through the mud and made him like he was some type of racist piece of garbage. Now, now it's all supposed to stop. Is anybody going to apologize to him? Is anybody going to apologize to him? That's what I want to know. Who's going to apologize to Kyrie Irving? Because now all y'all look foolish. And now he's not on the, he's no longer on the suspended players list. He may play as soon as Sunday. And something else I noticed is like, it was like, oh, we have no, the Brooklyn Nets have no plans on releasing him. Oh, you didn't want to release him. You didn't want to release your asset that can get you 20 points a game and make you competitive to go in a championship so that you can keep generating income for your billion-dollar company, but you drug this man's name through the mud. He's no longer fit. What if he decides to, you know what, the Brooklyn Nets are no longer fit for me because I don't fucking trust you to come to me as a human being to keep this shit out the media if you think I did something wrong. I would say rightfully so. If he did it, rightfully like, so. Oh, as much as I... And I, I know this brother wants to play basketball. I know he wants to do with his teammates. I, w- I would not be upset with this man if he said, you know what, man? Fuck this. I'm going to play ball in China. I'll retire. If he retired, I would not even feel bad. Like, well, y'all did it. Y'all tried to strip that man of his dignity. And when he stood up for himself, he this man basically punked the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets, and the fucking Anti-Defamation League. He said, no. He said, if I hurt your family, hey, my, it's not it's not my intention. Hurt anybody's family. And I can respect that. Like, hey, you know, I can respect that. Hey, if I, that it wasn't my intention. If there are some things in it that came up as unfortunate or there were, I didn't 100% agree with it. I'm not trying to hurt nobody's family. But the man sat there and said, I'm not going to say I'm anti-Semitic. I know what the word means. He taught a lot of black America lessons. Hey, pay attention to the words. To the words. And that's when somebody said something to me. I forgot. Not to, I read something. I heard something. When the guy said, people, and before I say this, this is not an attack on anybody. People be, will take what they read and believe it and hold it to be true. Even if it's like religious text, they will take it and read it. And They'll read the words and they'll dedicate their life to that, but don't even really know what the words mean. You memorize the words, you praise the words, you love the word, but you don't know what they mean. If you don't know the etymology of the word, how can you really know what the word means? Or they would end up uh, basically just taking one part of it to actually, I would like to say, juicy couture it to what it is that they will want within their life. Instead of like the full the full context of what it is. Yeah, we we ran into many and plenty of people like that. I'll just leave it. Yeah, it's very aggy and annoying as ever. Like, man, I'm like, the ways people on the internet break, break down, you know what, what Tim I means? It's like, 
and they're showing you what the word means. It's like where these people came from and where the tribes and all this derived from. These people breaking down the whole lineage. You have Jewish people on record documented saying like, yeah, the original Hebrews came out of Africa. But yet and still don't believe that they should be African or black. But like the people that are saying like, oh, you know, we got to admit, hey, it came from there. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's crazy. If, 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 if they're saying that and if more people are actually, you know, doing their due diligence and finding out that as well, Again, but will you welcome them into your community? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that that would be that would be the other that would be the other good question within that. And then on on side of will you be welcoming to them? And you and you know what, bro? In the conflict of religions, bro, I think that's one of those reasons, like why you see like people leaving. Like, we've had people defect from the U.S. and go become jihadist. Because the Islam is welcoming those people over. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, come on. You love this? Come on. So I'm just interested to see where this goes as far as, like, the relations between, like, black Hebrew Israelites, black people, and the Jewish community as a whole because I just want to see where this goes because what is going to change about the industry like we got to set the marketplace as black people like yes the people at the top of these corporations are going to control for the most part these these dollars that go in and they're going in and picking somebody like, yeah we're going to utilize you to make music because you can get the crowd that, okay that's that is a factor but it's like why can't your song be number one on streaming platforms your song has more replay value. If you if we talking about years. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're talking about years, like the song I just played for my daughter that has more replay value. There's no time step for on that song. It's like if it's on us. And I don't know if it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20. But it's like, we are hypnotized people, bro. I listened to something the other day. It was a, it was a podcast called All the Smokers, Two Basketball Players, oh, yeah. Steven Jackson. I'm familiar with it. And so, right. So they were talking about um, Take Off Passing Away. And this episode of Matt Barnes one day was Steven Jackson and Jelani McCoy. And I fuck with Steven Jackson, like, a lot. And the dude, Jelani McCoy, he's played for he played for a few teams, played for the Lakers and all that. He was like, if you had, if you had to choose between the music and the violence, what would you choose? And Stephen Jackson was like, he said, like, I love to see these guys making money. I love to see the young black millionaires and everything. But like, shit, I would have to choose. I have to go with uh, the lack of violence, which is great. He said, they said they brought up R&B. I think they went, like, they would, like, you know, joking, like, brought up, like, go back and listen to Luther. Like, that's what we used to do. And I was like, that's cool. But I think when you do that, you kind of shit on artists that don't make that type of music. All rap music is not like that. So instead of you talking about 
Like they brought up like 21 Savage. We know what type of music 21 Savage make. You know what I'm saying? His name is 21 Savage. He made party music, trap music. You know what I'm saying? Like he made music that make you might want to go do something to somebody. It just, it pump you up. It's high tempo music when you talk about street shit, right? Cool. But you could, you could say, well, like, I got to turn the dial. I can go listen to Big Crit. I can go listen to Currency. I can go listen to Rhapsody. I can go listen to Mick Jenkins. I can go listen to Common. I can go listen to J Electronica. You know what I mean? I can, there's other shit that you can listen to. So, to me, when you on a platform that big, you just promoted all these other artists. Like you said, mate, you just promote the artist that says that makes the music that may trend towards violence, but you don't even mention the ones that don't make music like that. They make more real life music. Like, not talking about Little Brother, not talking about Boss, right? Spillage Village, nothing, <laughs> nothing, Loot, nothing. That shit killed me, bro. I was like, man. Yep. It also goes to show uh, uh, people in their own ignorance. People of their own ignorance. Because, I mean, had he mentioned those and and whatnot, then he would have then basically would just know that, yeah, first and foremost, it's, it's, it's definitely a duality there. It's out there. Well, are you really looking for? Shit, like just say it. You gonna give somebody else the opportunity to look for it. You know what I mean? Like you gonna you gonna you're gonna open the window, you gonna you can help reset the marketplace by somebody like you mentioning that album. You could talk about Sid, the internet, Katronada. You could talk about these other groups that exist. Nah. No Gene Gray, no Tyler Kwali, no most deaf. Not even brought up. That shit killed me, bro. I was so disappointed. I was like, man, but he might just be one-on-one. That's what he, that's all he listened to. And that's what, it blew my mind that they didn't even think to say that. Not even a Wale. This didn't even bring a Wale. It's like, ah, crazy, man. That it is. Yeah, I just, but bro, that's, that's why I wanted to highlight you. And this is why I particularly, like, if I said, you know, I'm going to do another one of these. This is why I particularly wanted to talk to you to kind of get your perspective on it. Like, because it, it made me so mad because I just felt like all that shit tied into it to what even, you know, what Kanye West was saying. Like, this man made, not even direct, not nowhere near compared to what Ye was doing, even though he was telling the truth. It wasn't even like a direct blow to like, hey, you guys are doing this to us. Which is true. He just said, hey, there's this documentary. I left it there. And that was it. And they treated this man like this. The company he works for, like in front of the world. It almost turned the whole demographic of people against this man when somebody, hey, yeah, you might, it might have got out to a few million. Yeah. But the press damn sure blew it up to where it got to 50, to where it may have hit three or four. And it would have been out the news cycle in a couple of days. There's a player right now who was released from the San Antonio Spurs because he exposed himself to a female. Fire. Nobody talking about that shit. 
like given the circumstances he could have done it could not have done it could have been a young kid making a mistake San Antonio Spurs let his ass go nobody talking about it it hit the news cycle for all a day and it was like a story underneath a story underneath a story underneath a story is everybody pointing their anti-Semitic fingers at Kyrie Irving and this man just trying to tell y'all, like, hey, man, I am Hebrew based on history. That's crazy. Here we go, though, man. You got anything else? I feel better, bro. Thank you for letting me talk <laughs> and hear your side of it and your take on it, bro. Like, I appreciate that. Always. That won't ever be a problem. Um, yeah, man, that's it, man. That's all I got, bro. What's the name of that song again, bro? The one you just put out? Uh, that is Show You Something, Do You Mind, with uh, Mayala. I know some people are probably having trouble trying to pronounce her name or whatever because it looked kind of foreign or what, and, and whatnot, but it's Mayala. That is her name. Um, for people who are familiar with her, she is a bomb, 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 uh, songwriter and artist. She actually is up for a Grammy nomination because she was one of the songwriters for Chris Brown's album and the track uh, Breezy. I don't listen to Chris Brown like that, but, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who still do, and they love that album, and that song just so happened to got nominated for a Grammy. So, congratulations to her uh, for the Grammy nomination. She also is the one that is behind... Um, the theme song for Tyler Perry's uh, show on BET Sisters, she does the theme song for that show. So that is who it is that is on that song with me that uh, I ended up releasing on my birthday. Uh, so I guess that was a uh, another good uh, another good thing that ended up having it for my birthday. That and then just realizing the. Um, last song that I ended up releasing like three months and six days ago ended up getting like 1700 plays 1773 plays so even within that I'm celebrating the fact because I just made four dollars off that song so that's crazy yeah it's, it's, it's crazy <laughs> that's 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 the uh that's the streaming game. So for every, that's the game, yeah. Yeah. So for every three listens, for every for every three listens, I get one penny. <laughs> that's wild. See, it makes me more mad because the same people that set that up are the same people robbing our community blind. Yeah. That's fucked up. But not to damper on what you did, because I still think that's a. I like the song. I think it's a, good, a really good song. So can I ask you this, like homie to homie? So with this person that did all this, got these accomplishments, how did you even plug in with them? For her to get this feature. Well, within that, that actually was um, these uh, producers that I basically uh, be working with. They're actually from overseas in uh, Germany. They're two brothers that um, that do uh, they produce, and basically just ended up getting um, purchasing a good amount of beats from them and whatnot, and uh, most of that stuff that I ended up uh, just getting. Pretty much, that's how I ended up getting in contact uh, with them uh, for that. So, 
they actually already had like the idea of where they wanted to go when they ended up making the beat. So I was just like, you know what? This would be something good that I'll be able to do. And I already had an idea for it, so that's how that came about. I'm actually now in the process of getting things together to where I can do a visual for it. Because the visual is going to be dope. I already think that is going to be pretty dope. I actually wanted to bring or release the song out a little bit earlier. I actually wanted to release this like right after I ended up releasing... Um, a G like me, cause basically they. Oh, that's my shit. <laughs> yeah, they actually feed right in. They pretty much how that song, how those songs came out, or how they were created. I felt like they actually would pretty much. They were, it would be a continuation of each other, and actually would show out like a little mini movie. Uh, one would be more so within the summertime and then the song that I ended up just releasing, uh, uh, the Do You Mind track would actually be like the representation of the end of summer and coming into what we all know as cuffing season. But more so, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is because pretty much within it and the whole story behind it, a G like me, and, and again, both of these, songs are basically inspired by true true events i can't you know go into too much detail on who and what but they were inspired by people um the first one was basically about um one girl that i was uh, actually messing with or was involved with had uh like a lot of good times with each other this that and the third and um, kicking it and, and just chilling, just catching the vibe with one another and things like that. Me being who I was, so when I was like just having somebody who was a G like me, not G as in being a gangster, but just being grown about that shit and, 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 and just being, you know, unapologetically me. So that was me just talking about me just keeping it a G, keeping it, keeping it me, keeping it grown, keeping it grand, keeping it grand, just being who I was, and basically we, we were just feeling each other for, you know, the time of uh, what we were, who we were, so on and so forth from that, and then from there, it's basically just getting more so into the thought of, yo, I know we supposed to be having a good time and whatnot, but I'm genuinely interested in you, I will want for I will want for more to develop out of it. It's not me ne not necessarily catching a feeling, but it's not me, you know, like trying to dismiss it off or be like, oh, I'm a player or whatever the case may be. It's like, yo, we actually enjoy each other's company and, and time with one another. Like, let me show you what it is that, you know, you're only getting like glimpse, snapshots of. Like, these are snapshots of, of who I am. Let us get real comfortable with one another to where we can really show each other, you know, certain things that we never really seen in the whole aspects of, like, being involved, being in a relationship. Damn, all right, well. I'm glad. I'm glad you went through all that because I like it. So, I mean, that's... I'm, 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 I'm glad. So... And this leads into the next song, which is a continuation. So, 
I like this. This is my favorite version of your music, bro. Like, and you know, always if you got homies that rap, if your homies that rap ain't like your favorite rappers, then I feel like you kind of trash for that. But like, when you know somebody intimately, like you know, what I'm saying, like we, our friendship goes, our brotherhood goes back twenty, twenty plus years. So it's like, when I hear you say it, like I know it's real. So I get to have my favorite version. I feel like I got that luxury. So like this, because this shit is like always when you talk about a relationship or anything involving that, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hit more people. Like that street shit and that gangster shit is only gonna hit so many people. Even if you are somebody that raps about making music and your struggle making music, we all can enjoy it. But if you've never been a part of that, like you, you can't really identify with it. When you're talking about a relationship, bro, everybody can identify with that. Whether it's the beginning, the middle, or the end, or the continuance, everybody can identify with being a part of that or wanting to be a part of that. So I think that's what makes those songs timeless like that. Yeah, I, I, and not for nothing, too, just within that one, I think that was more so of, I think that one was more so of one of those tracks that I feel like it definitely can be catered to women a whole lot more. It'll be some dudes be like, you know, oh, you know, that's, that's, that's tight. It's, it's going to be more women who will be like, you know what, I love this song. Like, uh, when, because I, I can remember when I actually played it for um old girl that we were talking to earlier. That was her, she, that was her favorite song. She, she's critical of a lot of stuff that I do. I just play it just to get like, Feel reaction for it, and even within it being fair, because you know she's not deeply into like pop culture like that, just because of who she is and and, and things like that. And it's respectable, it's cool. But for her just to be like, I like it, I like it a lot. Like, and basically was like pressing me on, well, when are you gonna release this? When are you gonna release this? Because even within all of that, like both of those songs. Both of them. <laughs> Both of those songs were made two years ago. Yeah. I recorded them. I recorded them at the top of, of yeah, at the top of 2020. So right as the world was getting ready to shut down, <laughs> that's when I recorded those. In January. It was, it was yeah, it was, a, it was a whole new year. It was like the third week into January and recorded both of them, um, one after the other. Like, it took me two days to record a G Like Me and and loved everything about it and was just like, from from the mix to the master, all of it, like, two two days at most. And then after that, I, was, I just left. And then, I was, and then, like, three days later, I ended up doing uh, Show You Something, Do You Mind. Same process, same thing, loved everything about it. And I was just like, I'm going to hold on to these two because I know that I'm going to figure out how in the world that all of this stuff is going to be coming out. And I was like, basically how I wanted to introduce it because all of it was supposed to be out in uh, 2020 or yeah, in 20, yeah, 2020 because 2020, when 2021 came, when 2021 came, I ended up starting with the whole rebranding of me as an artist and 
basically just making it more so uh alright. I still have this one alias, this this one this one rap moniker, but at the same time, I'm growing. And I don't feel too much of a need of having this person to come out anymore just because of the fact that we growing. So what can this person evolve to within his growth? And that's how Louis Strongarm came about. So within that, Louis Strongarm basically being introduced with first song work to do. Meaning that to have people to have people as um who who gravitate more so to Louis Strongarm than those who, who knew Tyler Ghost to gravitate more into that, just knowing there's gonna be a lot of stuff that you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to pick up a lot of things when Tyron Ghost left off. And on the side of that, you're gonna have to show more of those sides of you that Tyron Ghost couldn't show. And even if he tried to show it, it would still be it wouldn't be beneficial. It wouldn't be beneficial for that artist and that brand for that artist. Cause time to go for more so of your your in your face in your face very repressive or not repressive but uh very oppressive like on the mic. <clears throat> that wasn't gonna be that that uh, that couldn't be Tyler Ghost couldn't be telling the girl that he want to show her something. Like, it's kind of juxtapositional in, in a sense. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. So I was like, yeah, this will be more so within Louis Strongarm. Louis Strongarm is, is, is that, that grown-up, that gentleman, the woman's man, the charmer, the rapper, smooth talker the instrumentalist and the person who can you know and gangster the gentleman just a man a grown man a grown ass man because like yep. it's just you just out here being the man because in some situations you have to you have to activate one side in one situation you got to activate another Exactly. And I, I, I felt Louis Strongarm was the best was the best uh the best person for that job. So again, we started out with work to do, just letting her know we laying out the groundwork so people can understand exactly who exactly is Louis Strongarm and Frederick Douglass is more so about the miseducation of him or the miseducation of of, of me growing up and just understanding what is it that actually what is it that you feel like you could embody or give guidance to for those who don't really have like real deal male model figures within their life the conversation again, yeah. yeah the conversation again uh, if I was able to go back and talk to the younger me what what is it that I would tell myself. And basically it's, it's just, it's going to be a whole bunch of things that 
people in society is going to tell you what makes a man. But all of that that they're telling you is like on some borderline toxic masculinity type shit. Like, don't worry about all of that. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. Have your emotions in check and be emotionally intelligent to know, you know, what's going on with you and how you feel about certain things. Um, homosexuality, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it has nothing to do with you. Just love the person for who they are. And, and, and it's okay for you to, you know, have that, that, that compassion and respect for that person because when it's all said and done, their sexual orientation don't define them as a person. It's, it's easier to, again, just like the quote from um, Frederick Douglass, it's, it's easier to build strong boys versus repairing broken men. For real. And I think that's probably my favorite, my favorite of the songs you put out because I think it's 100% like the most important song that you put out because we don't get that a lot. Um, I think that the way you the way you go about what you do and your purpose with it now has changed along with the with the name, like you said. Like if anybody can appreciate a rebrand, you know, I can appreciate a rebrand, but I, I really appreciate what you've been doing, bro. Because I think um as as a friend and a fan, I think you gotta take the time out to say those things. I can't tell people like, hey, listen, there's other types of music to listen to and then not go and talk about my partner who makes the music because I feel like a lot of things get lost and just going back to that whole conversation we had about just about everything about how we get attacked by mentioning things about the folks who run the industry and like the, the you you're involved in the industry not not to like a, a a crazy level but the fact that you're making music like you're involved in the industry you can get a phone call any day about something like that, and then boom, there you go, you evolve. So it's like, it's it's crazy to me, and I think people get in situations like the one that Kyrie got into and the one Kanye got into because what we're bro at the end of the day, we're lost people in this country. We use music to express ourselves, and what we do becomes trends. Not only the people that don't look like us, but also the people who look like us. And when we get to the point where we are now, when they're, they're using one of our outlets and whether they mean it or not, it's a means to hurt us. Like this music that we listen to, it does hurt us. I heard the bullshit argument the other day about, well, you're going to tell them to stop playing rated R movies. I'm like, bro, miss me with that shit because people listen to music way more than they watch movies for the most part. You're not running and watching the movie. You're not jogging watching the movie. You're not driving the car watching the movie. You know what I mean? I feel like people listen to music or podcasts or whatever. I feel like you listen to more stuff than you just straight up watch. And we lost. So when people have us out here saying this ain't the third and like, oh, we got all this negative shit in there. And then they bring up, well, they even call themselves the N-word. And, and I thought about it the other day, bro. And I want to tell you this is like, and people say we shouldn't do it. 
and I get the argument, but you know why I think we cling to the N-word, bro? I feel like we cling to that shit because we lost our language. We don't have no language. You got people that come from all over West Africa through the, through the, through the slave trade, even though it was, yes, we sold, like, Africans sold other Africans into slavery to be taken across the We know that. Like, I'm not, de- not debating that fact. But with that, the stripping of our culture is something that they did to demean us. It's like, if you take a person's whole culture, religion, everything away, now here we are years later in this country, and the one thing we got close to culture, right, that we can say that's even close to language is that word. Like, for real, like, that's the closest thing we have to a language is black people. Like, damn it, bunks, all the other shit. That one word, that's the closest thing we have to a language. It's the closest thing that we consider ours. That's the only, that's, that's the closest we got. And I, I really, and I could be off on this, but I really feel like that's why we cling to that word. It's so hard for us to give up because that's like the, it's something, it's something special about it when we say it to each other to where it can mean a thousand different things, but we understand it because we are us. Yeah. I don't know if if I'm crazy, but that's just the way I feel. Like, I think that's why we hold on to it so much because as far as language goes, we don't have a language other than the English we were taught when we were enslaved here. So I think it's important that when you make songs like that, if you, if you got the depth to do it, you go back and you bring up somebody like a Frederick Douglass, because before we were clinging, you know, while that word was around, we still had greatness that we don't talk about. We rather talk about how we didn't have to look up, nobody to look up to but the drug dealer down the block. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there is there is greatness in us. So I, I just, I had to get that off because, bro, like, I appreciated that so much that you that you even that you even brought it up now because it's, that's not, it's not like a, a radio song like that. That's something you want to, you sit there, you listen to and you say, hey, bro, you grab somebody younger than you and you say, listen to this. Because this is somebody telling you about trauma and about what you're going to go through as a man and about how things are going to affect you as you get older and how you can combat that and how you can cannot fall victim to that by just taking the time out to understand that, hey, things are going to happen. You just got to learn how to deal with it. Absolutely, bro. Um... I appreciate you recording this, bro. I got nothing else, man. Um, who's ever listening, just remember to be a better person tomorrow than you were today and just keep making the world a better place, man. We got to save each other. Nobody's going to save us before we save ourselves. So whatever community that you belong to, man, just do what you can to uplift the community, but remember to start with yourself. If you don't start with you, you can't uplift anybody else. That's all I got, bro. You got anything? Yeah. This probably be the biggest, biggest thing ever that I would probably end up saying. But if no one else within our community would love us when it's all said and done, no matter who you are, no matter where you go, I love you. Boom.